RTHK, the news at 11 with Kenny Hodgart. The top stories, lawmaker Doreen Kong calls on the government to scrap all COVID measures. The Hong Kong General Chamber of Pharmacy says there's no need to worry about supplies of paracetamol and severe flooding in the southern Philippines leaves at least 13 dead. Lawmaker Doreen Kong says it's time for the government here to scrap all COVID measures, including the face mask rule, vaccine pass and social distancing rules. Her comments came a day after mainland health authorities announced the scrapping of quarantine for arrivals from January the 8th. Ms Kong said the anti-pandemic measures in Hong Kong should be in line with those of the mainland or they might cause what she called controversies when cross-border travel resumes. There are still quite a lot of mainland Chinese who haven't got vaccines. So are we saying that we would forbid them from entering Hong Kong? Or even if they enter Hong Kong, would we impose certain kind of social distancing measures or use vaccine pass? If that is the case, I think it will create some kind of controversy or conflict with mainland Chinese. Medical sector lawmaker David Lam welcomed the news of the upcoming resumption of quarantine-free travel to the mainland and the expected return of cross-border visitors, although it's not yet clear whether the Hong Kong mainland border will fully reopen on January 8th. But Dr Lam warned that Hong Kong should keep isolating people who have COVID and imposing tests on arrivals from abroad. If they do not get a PCR test from overseas before they come to Hong Kong, and if we do not test them at the border, that means no test, which is a bit hazardous. So the test at the border is kind of a first test to make sure that all those who enter into Hong Kong are relatively safe. But if we do away with that test altogether, then we are really opening the door too widely. However, Dr Lam said people coming from the mainland should be exempt from taking a PCR test in Hong Kong, he said. Allowing them to take one across the border up to 48 hours before they travel would be sufficient. Health officials have reported 18,626 new COVID-19 cases, including 990 imported infections. Another 53 patients with COVID have died. The Hong Kong General Chamber of Pharmacy says people don't have to worry about the supply of paracetamol as there are many substitutes for the drug. People have been stocking up on paracetamol as COVID cases have surged. Vice Chairman of the Chamber, Chung Tak Wing, admitted the supply of the drug is limited with a few brands having sold out, but he said stocks should be back to normal soon. The supply of medicines for colds and coughs has become tight. The Christmas holidays may have affected the delivery of goods. Normally drugs are restocked three times a week, but now the frequency has decreased to once or twice per week. So there are not many drugs in stock. We hope supplies will return to normal after the holidays. A survey has found over 90% of so-called grassroots elderly people have delayed receiving Chinese medical treatments due to financial problems. The Society for Community Organisations spoke to about 150 grassroots elderly respondents in February. It found 60% visit Chinese medical practitioners and spend on average over $1,000 per month on such treatments and medications. The Society says the government's primary healthcare blueprint which was announced last week, didn't mention any concrete plans for Chinese medicine and urged the authorities to lower costs and and increase support for Chinese medicine clinics. 
Severe flooding in the southern Philippines has left 13 people dead. Tens of thousands of people have been forced from their homes. More than 20 are missing. Flash floods triggered by heavy rain were concentrated on the southern island of Mindanao. A Russian serviceman has been sent to prison for refusing to fight in Ukraine. The man, named only as Alexei B, was stationed in the far eastern region of Kamchatka when he was ordered to join what Russia calls its special military operation. The local news agency, Cam24, said he was tried by a military court and given a 20-month sentence, which he is appealing. To the weather forecast, mainly fine, cool tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature of about 14 degrees in town, a few degrees lower in the new territories, dry during the day with a top temperature of about 19 degrees. The outlook, mainly fine and dry for the rest of the week. It will be cold on Friday <coughs> Friday morning. The current temperature at the observatory is 17 degrees Celsius with relative humidity of 77%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The South Korean Defence Ministry has rejected reports that North Korea flew a drone over the border today. It said the suspected sighting was in fact a flock of birds. There's heightened tension in South Korea a day after the North violated the South's airspace with five drones. Earlier, the South Korean president, Yoon Suk-yul, said he would strengthen the country's military and surveillance capabilities. Mr Yoon said his country's military readiness and training was lacking. I think our people have just witnessed how dangerous it is to have our North Korean policies solely relying on the North's goodwill and military agreements. Using yesterday's incident as momentum, we will expedite the plan to create a drone unit as soon as possible, then we will boost its surveillance and reconnaissance capability with cutting-edge stealthy drones. Also today, Mr Yoon agreed to pardon one of his predecessors, as the BBC's Simon Hancock reports. 81-year-old Lee Myung-bak, who, besides being a former president, was mayor of Seoul and once chief executive of Hyundai, had been serving a 17-year prison sentence for corruption. It was suspended earlier this year owing to chronic health issues. Presidential pardons are usually given out twice a year in South Korea to leading figures in politics and business. The Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is facing a renewed spate of resignations from his cabinet, having already lost three ministers in as many months. Today, his reconstruction minister, Kenya Akiba, stepped down. He was facing allegations of illegally making political payments to his aides, his wife and mother, which he denies. His resignation was followed by Mio Sugita, a parliamentary vice minister for internal affairs. President Biden has approved an emergency declaration allowing federal support for New York State in the wake of deadly winter storms. The city of Buffalo has borne the brunt of Arctic conditions, as CBS News correspondent Matt Piper reports. 81-year-old Lee Myung-bak, who, besides being a former president, was mayor of Seoul and once chief executive of Hyundai, had been serving a 17-year prison sentence for corruption. It was suspended earlier this year owing to chronic health issues. Presidential pardons are usually given out twice a year in South Korea to leading figures in politics and business. <clears throat> The Israeli parliament has voted through controversial amendments to law that should bring the Prime Minister-designate Benjamin Netanyahu closer to establishing a government. 
The changes to the semi-constitutional basic law are aimed at easing the path for two leaders of ultra-orthodox parties to take up ministerial posts in Mr Netanyahu's cabinet. One amendment will permit Aryeh Derry, who heads the Shah's party, to serve as a minister despite a conviction for tax fraud. A second amendment could ultimately enable the pro-settler religious Zionism party through a defence ministry post to assume broad authority over the expansion of settlements in the occupied West Bank. The Iranian currency has continued to fall in value. Officials attribute it in part to the anti-government protests that have swept the country for more than three months. The currency slipped to a record low against the US dollar on Monday. It's lost almost a quarter of its value since demonstrations began. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. For years, the Iranian currency has been falling in value, fueling the country's economic crisis and spiralling inflation. In the past two days, the real has collapsed to a record low. As inflation shoots up, Iranians are buying dollars and gold if they can to try to protect their savings. The head of a central bank has pledged to inject more dollars into the market to try to restore calm, but it's had little effect so far. Ethnic Serbs in northern Kosovo have used trucks to set up more roadblocks in the town of Mitrovica. They are demanding the release of a former Serbian police officer. The action comes a day after Serbia said it was stepping up military readiness to the highest level along its border with Kosovo. The European Union has called for maximum restraint. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Lawmaker Doreen Kong calls on the government to scrap all Covid measures. The Hong Kong General Chamber of Pharmacy says there's no need to worry about supplies of paracetamol. And severe flooding in the southern Philippines leaves at least 13 people dead. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time and we start five minutes early tonight, being a public holiday, but that gives us more time to spend together to play some really chilled and relaxing music from bygone eras between now and midnight. And if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. The first one for you tonight is a lovely old classic from Paul Anker.
that loves again, again you just can't win. If Yeah. 